Our reading this morning is from 1 Peter, chapter 3, beginning at verse 13. Who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats, do not be frightened. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience, so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. For it is better, if it is God's will, to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit. After being made alive, he went and made proclamation to the imprisoned spirits, to those who were disobedient long ago, when God waited patiently in the days of Noah while the ark was being built. In it, only a few people, eight in all, were saved through water. And this water symbolizes baptism that now saves you also. Not the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of a clear conscience toward God. It saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at God's right hand, with angels, authorities, and powers in submission to him. Therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, arm yourselves also with the same attitude, because whoever suffers in the body is done with sin. As a result, they do not live the rest of their earthly lives for evil human desires, but rather for the will of God. For you have spent enough time in the past doing what pagans choose to do, living in debauchery, lust, drunkenness, orgies, carousing, and detestable idolatry. They're surprised that you do not join them in their reckless, wild living, and they heap abuse on you. But they will have to give account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. For this is the reason the gospel was preached, even to those who are now dead, so that they might be judged according to human standards in regard to the body, but live according to God in regard to the spirit. This is the word of the Lord. These lessons are very earthy, aren't they? They're very real. I'm not sure I've ever written a, a letter like that to my friends, or my enemies for that matter, but... Um, yeah, we are in a uh, series on 1 Peter uh, and two or three weeks ago we learned that we are called by name, we are a holy nation, a royal priesthood. Then we learned that we need to live differently and last week uh, we learned that as we live so we point 
to Christ. We get our relationship in God right and then we work it out uh, with other people. And you remember that phrase, in the same way. So that we live in the same way that Christ lived in relationship with his Father. And today we come to being uh, proclaimers of that hope, that truth that we know. Let's pray, shall we, before we uh, get underway. Almighty God, open our hearts and minds now to see you afresh, to experience you in a new way, that we may understand and be touched by your Holy Spirit. In your name. Amen. I don't know if you're uh, a great reader of the newspapers. Personally, I'm not. But I did uh, catch this week one article about Oxford University. Um, And it's particularly about the Oxford Union. It's Freshers' Week. (coughs) And the Oxford Union had decided that some of the stalls there were dangerous. Uh, And therefore, they had a sign... Uh, placed on the stall to say if for any reason you, uh, in coming to this stall you suffer anxiety or are threatened emotionally there is a wellness room available for you to recover. The purpose of this notice was to hang on the stall of the Christian Union. How does that make you feel? I was livid. At first, I was livid. I thought, how unfair is that? Apparently, it's based on uh, the feeling of the Christian Union being a homophobic society. So I found that irritating too. There we are, trying to encourage people to come to a God of love and society is saying, keep away, these people are dangerous. So that was my first reaction. My second reaction was, what had the Christians in Oxford done or said, or how had they said it, in order to gain this reputation? Because as far as I'm aware, it's, it's, it's not a, a standard policy across all university at the Freshers' Fairs. So this is peculiar to Oxford. So I was slightly perplexed. Our passage this morning looks at the suffering of Christians and says that Christians will indeed suffer. We live in a fallen world, but of course Christians are very often part of the problem. This week also saw the publication of the Past Cases Review which is the review of the Church of England against the actions uh, within the church of um, uh, abuse, basically, against vulnerable adults, children, and so on. And the church should be ashamed. We should stand accountable for all that the church has done. Even more reason then to look at this book of 1 Peter. We only need a brief look at the news, don't we, to find out 
that there is harm, hurt, abuse, isolation, rejection, all sorts of poor human practice, one human to Christians are often at the end of that pain. We can't even wear uh, a cross in some organisations. You cannot speak about your faith or any uh, sense of belief in many organisations. Christians are treated as outsiders, they're misunderstood, they're rejected, uh, and their beliefs are um, oppressed. Even in Wanush, we can get similar feelings. Do you know, it's astonishing how interesting the pavements are in Wanush. Particularly when you see your vicar approaching. (laughs) It's funny, isn't it? But it's a bit sad that people would rather study the pavement than speak to me. Maybe that just says something about me, actually, but don't answer that one. Elsewhere in our world, there is physical hardship. We've already prayed for it. You know, the flooding, the hurricanes, the war. I met a Ukrainian this week who was very keen to show me some pictures on her phone. Uh, And when we've met Ukrainians, and we have uh, a number of them coming here each week, the one thing we don't talk about is Ukraine. But she was desperate to show me the pictures on her phone. 85 days of shelling without a break. And she was showing me houses, roads, signs, apartment buildings, all demolished. This was her home. And it was ruined because of fellow mankind. And it's within that context of pain, overseas but also here, that Christians need to stand and give a a reason for the hope that we have. Not the desperate nature of society. So why hang a sign on the Christian Union stall warning people they may suffer anxiety simply for speaking to us? What have we done? And how do we do it? How do we speak? And that's why we showed that uh, clip earlier, because when God does something to us, we need to speak. And we can speak in different ways. And firstly, look at that sentence, how do we speak, in reverse order. Speak. We're not trying to win an argument here. We are simply showing people the love of God. We live differently. Peter has done all of that, hasn't he? We're called apart. We're called by name. You live differently. Because you live differently, people will notice that you live differently. And when they see that, they'll say, why? And we need to be in a position to express the hope upon which our life is based. And that life, as we saw last week, comes from within. It changes. We are changed inside and people notice. 
Now my story of coming to Christ is very similar and it was based on that. First of all, it happened to be, you've heard this before, but I'll tell you again, it was a girl. I liked a girl, so I went to church. And at that church, I found other people uh, who were different and they were really friendly to me. And some of those friends went to school with me. So I went to the Christian Union at school. No sign on the door, thankfully. And when I was there, I noticed that they cared. They cared for each other. They even cared for me. And they were pleasant. And they spoke to each other in a different way and they were helpful. And I thought, why? Why do they do this? And little by little, I found out that it was because they believed in Jesus Christ as their Saviour and their Lord that they lived differently. And that same Ukrainian uh, lady, when um, she'd finished showing me these pictures on her phone, she said, but I know I'm loved here. I said, why do you say that? And she, I had a dog collar on, so I have got it on. Uh, she knew that what I stood for. And she said, well, I go to English lessons. Her English was pretty much as good as mine. But anyway, she goes to English lessons and she said, I go to Wanish for the conversational English as well. And I know I'm loved because you're sincere. I know I'm loved because you're sincere. It's the sincerity of what we as Ukrainians, outsiders, have found in your churches that makes me know we're welcome here. What a remarkable thing to say. Praise God that she said it. And our Wednesday mornings here are full of hope. They're a safe space, a secure space, a warm space. They get food and drink, but they get love. And a sincere gift comes from a sincere heart. And if we speak, so we need to act. How do? What's the do? And that's why I asked you, how many ways do you say the same thing, I'm hungry? And it's lots and lots of different ways. It's not just what we say, it's what we do. Do we walk the talk? Who on here has booked a holiday recently? Or you go online and you're looking for a good recipe and you go on to BBC Good Food. What's the first thing you look for? A picture? Yes. Does it look good? The reviews. Yeah. This is a review culture, isn't it? Who's ever booked a holiday without reviewing the hotel they're about to go to? Or cooked a meal without saying there's 360 people and they all think it's rubbish. That'll be, that's good for me. <laughs> of course we don't. We're only as good as our last review, isn't that what they say? So how do we speak? How do we come across as Christians? Because it's natural to think of the words that we use, but we communicate so much more widely than that. And the past cases review is an illustration of what the church has done 
and for what it is now being judged and how it's being seen. Will the media ever get to know the so what? They're too busy looking at the surface impact. I had a most extraordinary evening on Tuesday last week. Several of you were there. We were discussing living in love and faith, uh, which is about sexuality, gender, relationships and marriage. Uh, A contentious subject. We had 14 people in the room and I suspect we had 14 different opinions. But there was laughter, there was grace, there was humility, there was in people's body language a welcome. There was in the expression on their face love. There was in the words that they chose to use gentleness. And it was the most wonderful experience. And I can't wait for a week on Tuesday when we meet again. We communicate in all sorts of different ways and we need to be aware of how we come across. So how? How do we do this? How do we get the strength to illustrate Christ in all that we do? And Peter makes that point and he says you need to be able to give a reason for the hope that is within you. So it's a pretty fair question as I ask myself, what about you, Peter? What did you do? How did you do it? Well, in Acts uh, 2, 14 to 39, he speaks to the crowd. Do you remember? It's when all the uh, apostles and disciples were uh, drunk. Except they weren't drunk, were they? Because they had the Holy Spirit and it was because of the blessing of the Holy Spirit that they spoke in Acts 3 uh, Peter is then speaking to the Israelites at the colonnade after a healing and Peter says it's not in my own strength but in the power of the Spirit that we are performing these miracles then Acts 4 let me read you this one then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a cripple and asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it's by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone, he didn't say, he is the stone you builders rejected which has become the capstone. Salvation is found in no one else for there is no other name under heaven given to human by which we must be saved. Then in Acts 5, before the Sanhedrin, Peter attaches his strength and confidence to the power of the Holy Spirit. What's the conclusion? How can we do this? In the power of the Holy Spirit. God indwelling us, each one of us, 
and through the power of God's Spirit so we can be different. Living differently, speaking differently, behaving differently. We can work and speak for God when we walk in the power of the Spirit. And it's the same thing which uh, uh, Paul brings out in Romans 6. I was going to read it, I won't. Uh, But it's basically, you are dead to sin but alive in Christ because of the Spirit of God. So going back to where we started, the Christian Union stool in Oxford University. Were they right in our mind to put a sign on it warning them? Warning that you may suffer emotional hardship or anxiety if you speak to these people? I'm sort of inclined to think there should be other signs saying if you're in need of help, if you're in need of hope, if you're in need of purpose, if you're in need of love, if you're in need of compassion, if you're in need of someone to spend time with you, go to the Christian Union. That's the stall you need to find your way to. How sad it is that they couldn't read society and read us in the right way. But it does show we're on display. We are under test conditions all the time. And if we're going to say that we love God and we believe in God, we need to live out the hope that is within us day by day. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we preach the gospel even to those who will mistreat us because we live in the Spirit. And we pray that your Spirit would indeed be within us this coming week, indwell us and make us new people, resolve to keep your name honoured in our life through what we say, through what we do and how we behave. Let's just spend a moment in silence as we reflect. Maybe you know what your week is going to be like. You know what meetings you have. Seek God's will. Seek God's love in your heart that you may be able to live out the calling to which you are indeed called.